nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Champions! Wrexham are promoted! They have their storybook ending! Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Wrexham Texan. My name is Jake Green. Thank you all so much for joining me today for this episode where I'm going to talk about ballers, um, the episode from Welcome to Wrexham from this past week. Um, we'll also, here, let's let's chat a little bit about the Mansfield game to start. Um, I didn't get to watch the game. I got to listen to most of it. Uh, I was working all day that day. And I got to listen to it. I watched a tiny bit when I got the chance. Um, but for the most part, I was I was listening to it. It was a very uh, interesting game, we'll say. Uh, just, you know, it ended in a nil-nil draw. Not the most exciting. Um, it was a game that I feel like we should have won. But maybe I'm, I mean, they are two two spots ahead of us in the table. So, I mean, I guess we are pretty evenly matched in that regard. Uh, let's see. They controlled possession 59% to 41. About equal on duels. Um, we had 16 interceptions. They had 10 corners one. We had six. Uh, they had 552. They have, a, they have 155 more passes than we did. Holy crap. That is crazy. Like I said, I can't comment too much on this because I didn't get to watch the actual game. Um, and even when I was listening to it, I was heavily distracted by the work that I was doing. So um, I can't give too many opinions on this game. It looks like they outperformed us in every single statistical category. Um, especially on the attack. They had 20 shots to R7, five shots on target to R1, seven block shots to R2, eight shots outside the box to R2, uh, 12 inside to R5, and 25% shooting accuracy to R14. I mean, we just clearly did not... Uh, did not show up on offense this game because generally... I just don't worry about our offense all that much. Um, but I mean, this game, we, we definitely seemed to, to need some major help. Let's see. Uh, I mean, no one scored. Like, yeah, there's just not much for me to comment on just cause I didn't get to watch the game. I couldn't record it. Um, I didn't do any of that kind of stuff. So, um, not ideal, not ideal to analyze a match with really not much to, uh, <laughs> Not much to go over about it, but uh, looking forward to tomorrow's match. Um, very much looking forward to that. We'll talk about that a little bit at the end of the episode. Um, but for now, got to say, um, there's a podcast out there called Two Beards, a podcast, and Wrexham AFC. And uh, they called out all podcasts a couple weeks ago they tried to backtrack it but you know 
you can't backtrack anything that's said on the internet. Let's be real. Um, so I called them out, challenged them to a duel, um, a penalty shootout for ultimate foreign podcast supremacy. Um, they accepted, but then put out this little video. Viewers, welcome to the Australian Outback. I'm Rousey, and today we're on the hunt. We're on the hunt for the ever-elusive beard in Texas. Now, got to be very careful with this bearded Texan. He's out here and he's gotten himself lost on his way for on his hunt for views. So come on, let's go check it out, eh? Let's see if we can find the bearded Texan. Oh, crikey! There he is! Bearded Texan! Holy shit! Oh, come here! Come here! Stop it! See that? That's a bearded Texan! He is lost and we need to send him home. There's only one way we can deal with this. We gotta be very, very careful because he cannot forget Grouch. Right. Sneak up. Right. This is amazing. See the bearded Texan. Send him home. a good thing here today. We sent the beer to Texas home a packet. So, if you want to do a penalty kick against us, mate, I think we're one nil down. Might want to shave that beard. Or better yet, you need to put the two beards podcast logo in the bottom of your screen for your next episode. There you go. Take it. So that was Rousey from Two Beards, a podcast and Wrexham AFC. Gotta say, I'll admit when I'm beat, bravo, that was fantastic hilarious I'll, I'll take my licks um yeah so here we go one two three boom right there there's your logo um so yeah wait do y'all hear something what the heck holy cow there's a stampede headed right for the aussies oh my gosh an eagle what is happening what Fuck Right. Yeah. All right. I trust that the Eagle will land them safely back in Australia where they belong. Um, just stick into the outback. Just stay over there with all the Aussies, fellas. Um, no need for you to come back and attack uh, what is clearly the best foreign Wrexham podcast out there. So Y'all just stay where you are and we'll we'll call it even. We'll call it a draw. How about we'll call it a draw, but I win. You know, I think we can do that. I think that sounds pretty good. <laughs> all right. Well, in all seriousness, the guys over there are absolutely fantastic. We've had some good laughs behind the scenes and uh, I think we'll likely go on each other's podcasts here very soon. Um they are, I love listening to their podcast. It's absolutely hilarious and really fun to listen to. They are unique when it comes to Wrexham podcasts. So if you need more Wrexham AFC content, as I always do, um, go over there to their YouTube channel, um, all podcast platforms. Uh, it's Two Beards, a podcast and Wrexham AFC. So go check it out and show them some support. I believe they also have a, uh, fans only discord chat so you can go in there and um join their fans fans only discord uh which is 
I don't know what they do in there because I uh, I'm not in it. Um, so <laughs> anyway, this week today we are talking about ballers, which um, yet again was an offshoot of the primary story of of the series and you know at a certain point in time okay so for those who who watched ted lasso okay season one of ted lasso might be one of the best seasons of comedy television that has ever been produced they had the story on point. They had the tone on point. They had everything just phenomenally done. The acting, fantastic. The All of it. All of it was so good. I think I have like one complaint from the entire first season. Then the second season, I generally give seasons about three episodes. Or I generally give shows about three episodes to, uh, to catch my attention. And and keep me engaged and stuff like that. But um, when it's a show that you've already watched an entire season of, it's going to have a little bit more leeway. So I gave them an entire second season because the first few episodes were, in my opinion, abysmal, absolutely terrible. And the episodes after that for the rest of the season were terrible. And I think it's because they lost their way Um they weren't telling the same story. They were trying to push a whole bunch of things that had nothing to do with the actual story of the, of the team trying to get promoted back into the Premier League. Um, it just took a huge left turn. It took some, it was very heavy handed writing and just like repeatedly slapping you across the face to listen to it. Um, basically screaming at you to, to listen to what it's saying um, and just smacking you right across the head with it. It, it got, I mean, it just felt like I was being bludgeoned each week by some type of political or social message rather than watching um, a really good show about, um, about Ted Lasso and, and his team. So um what I don't want is for this show to start doing that. Um, to be fair, most of the episodes this season that have gone, that have been an offshoot of the primary story have been good episodes in and of themselves. However, there does come a point when I want to see what I started watching the show for. Um, and that has, it, it's not a knock on what this episode was about because I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Um, in fact, it brought me to tears. Um, so what I'd really love <laughs> is to get back on track after this episode to the primary story, which is the men's team trying to get promotion. Um, that's that's the whole reason that I got into the series to begin with. Um, and at this point, there it's crazy for me to say this, but at this point I would drop watching the series and I'll still never drop 
watching Wrexham um, because I love Wrexham football. So, yeah, I, I, I am hopeful that, that they can turn it around for the rest of the season um, and maybe not turn it around, just pivot back to the direction that, that I, I would like to see. Um, obviously, I'm not the only one. I don't know what their ratings are. Um, I don't know what everybody else is thinking, but I would very much like to focus on, on the men's team getting promoted, considering that this was the season we get promoted. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But this one starts out with Rosie Hughes um, and her job behind or outside of outside of football, being a prison guard, which, whoo, that's a risky job. Seems like a very risky job for a small woman to go into a men's prison um, and control. I think she said like up to twenty one hundred prisoners. That is a large task. Uh, I have my. I have tons of thoughts about prison in general, but uh, that's a lot to ask and a lot for somebody to take on. So kudos for her for having the confidence to go take that on, because that is that cannot be an easy job. Um, that There's just no way that that's easy. Um, one thing I did love that she said was they're just humans at the end of the day. And yeah, 100 percent correct. They're too often prisoners are looked at as less than as. Um, not members of society when in fact it's best uh, prison is supposed to be a rehabilitation you're supposed to pay your debts while changing and so yeah a lot of the times it's not that but that's what it should be at the at the very best um so yeah uh they talk about how uh ryan reynolds and rob come on and talk about how Rosie is the number one goal scorer in the Wrexham club. Uh, yeah, which is which is interesting. Like it's it's not something you really think about. Like they kind of mentioned a little bit of it in the first season of Welcome to Wrexham when they talk about the um, is it power chair? I think it's power chair. Is uh, is one of the soccer leagues, um, one of the football leagues within the Wrexham club that Carrie put together, uh, which it seems like a fantastic sport. Um, and yeah, you don't really think about all, you know, the under 18s, the under 17, you know, all that kind of stuff, the women's team. Um, and even Rob said that they didn't know there was a women's team until after they'd bought the, the club. And so all of that is under the umbrella of the club, which is really cool. It's like, uh, you know, in, in baseball, there's what they call a farm system, where there's single A, double A, and triple A. And we'll say my team, the Texas Rangers, has a triple A team, a double A team, and a single A team that is associated with them. And they can pull people up to the majors or send them back down to practice or rehab or whatever um, in, in a slightly lower league than, than the majors. So um, Similar thing here where there's a bunch of different teams all within one club, one organization. And that's kind of cool. You get to mess around with a whole bunch of different stuff. You get a lot more avenues of promotion, a lot more avenues for marketing and expansion and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, and we kind of focus 
for a long time on this episode uh, on Rosie Hughes, and it's because she is a dominant force in the league. Here we go. I'm on the pitch. A fire within me, it just kind of explodes. I look like I'm laughing in the opponent's faces, but I'm not. I'm just, I'm just happy for me. <laughs> I love that. She People think she's laughing in the opponent's faces, but she's just happy. And that, I totally understand that. Just smiling because you're doing so well. I like that is so relatable. Um, and it reminds me of the movie Chariots of Fire. Eric Little was a track star and just running like gave him such joy that he would just tilt his head back and smile and run um, almost with his eyes closed. And uh, that's kind of what Rosie reminds me of, which is which is really daggum good. Um, she loves every single goal. Yeah, she mentioned she's not laughing in anyone's face. She's just happy. Um, which is such a great thing to be when you're playing, when you're doing something that you love. Um, it, that makes it way easier to to have that attitude as well. Um, so uh, they don't play all their games at the race course ground. They play in a satellite pitch uh, nearby, um, which makes sense. I'm, I'm sure, you know, the attendance isn't as high as it would be for the men's games. Um, and so having it, you know, on the smaller field, smaller pitch outside of town um, would make the most financial sense to do and to not rip up, um, you know, not play too many games on the race course ground, considering it's hard to maintain a pitch. Um, and that's clear because the pitch that they play on is very poorly maintained, reminds me of a Mexican soccer league pitch that I was watching the other day. Um, horrendous. I mean, just mud everywhere. There's nothing but mud. It looked like people took shovels we have people took shovels to the daggum pitch just to dig holes. <laughs> and that's kind of what the women's pitch looks like, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah. And uh, the, this season, the women, I guess last season, they, they missed out barely on promotion. And this season, they're fighting for promotion again because they are in a amateur league and trying to get up to the semi-professional league where they will start getting paid, which... It's fantastic. Let's get them. Let's get them promoted. Um, and as we all know, at this point, they got promoted, um, which is absolutely fantastic. We then cut to Lily Jones. Let me make sure. Or no, let's uh, Mia. So I want to show one more clip before we get to Lily. As players, all we can do is put out really good performances on the pitch and just keep winning. Prove you're worth watching, you're worth following. That is perfect. That is the perfect attitude to have um, to try to get people to come watch. We're just going to do our freaking best and prove to you that um, we are deserving and worth watching and following and um and worth investing in. And that's something I grew up watching women's soccer before I watched men's soccer. My mom was friends with a player on the U S women's national team, Carla Overbeck. It's the team with Mia Hamm and Brandy Chastain, the team that won the world cup. Um, and so I grew up watching U.S. Women's National Team, 
and it was fantastic. Uh, the whole country fell behind, fell behind the team and cheered them on to victory. And since then, the U.S. women's team has taken a turn. Um, their spokeswoman for the last 10 years or so has been Megan Rapinoe and or rapino however you want to pronounce it it doesn't really matter i find her to be extremely arrogant entitled and a terrible face of the club um completely misinformed very obnoxious i do not and i'm sorry like the, you know she's an american player i i do not care for how she has led the team, her attitude towards anyone, her attitude towards herself, her, her ego is enormous and it shows, um, repeatedly. Um, and that she just has a terrible attitude towards the world. Um, whereas Mia has a fantastic attitude. Um, she, says it all in this one clip. She will work hard. She will do her best and she will prove that the Wrexham women are deserving um, of a following of supporters, of funding, of all of that. Um, she's not complaining. She's not whining. She's not making excuses. She's not comparing her team to anything else. She's just saying, we're going to prove ourselves. And that, gosh, that's such a good attitude. That is a great attitude. Mia, Good on you. That is fantastic. Um, we then go over to Lily Jones, um, who's 17, still in school and has a job and plays amateur level soccer for the women's team. Um, she lives and breathes it, as she says. And you can just see it like when she's talking about anything else. It's just mundane stuff. But when she's talking about football, you can see it in her eyes. That's like that's what that's what she's all about is is football. And that's beautiful. Um, she got she played for Everton. She got scouted, scouted by and played for Everton, which is dang good. That's very impressive. She got to play for the Welsh team, got to travel all around Europe, play in different countries, which is such a fun experience, I would imagine. Um, I mean, I just love traveling to different countries, let alone playing the sport that I love for my national team in those countries. I mean, goodness gracious, that would be a blast. Um, and then she brought back, she was brought back home because of this. I'm here with um, my daughter, Lily. My dad took his own life, um, 18th of April, I think, 2021. Yeah, this was a mm, this was the part where I got really choked up. Um, it took uh, took me down a peg today. Uh, it took me a while to adjust and <laughs> actually do this podcast. Uh, yeah, Lily, I'm very sorry that that is your circumstance um, and that that happened to your father. Um, it is not something easily dealt with it, uh, man. Um, it's, I appreciate the fact that Lily talks about it on camera and she's so forward with it and she smiles, um, when talking about her dad, which is great because not a lot of people would do that. Um, I, 
there can be a lot of blame and anger and frustration involved with the loved one taking their own life. Um, and she shows a ton of strength, which is probably also what helps make her a phenomenal football player. And I don't know, there's something about seeing that video and the fact that it was so recent in 2021 um, that really hits you like right there and just makes your heart ache for, for Lily, for her family, for, um, for her dad. It was, yeah, her dad, Gareth. And the fact that he was such a big Wrexham supporter that he made these, what she calls stupid little videos. Um, it was just all very touching. Um, and as, as they normally do in, in these kinds of episodes, they link to a suicide hotline um, directly after that, uh, right before commercial break. So yeah, that's something that seems to be plaguing our society these days. Um, and it's not just in the UK, it's, it's in America as well. I know it happens in Japan as well. Um, there's something about society today that is not encouraging it, but allowing this kind of thing to happen. And um, I have lots of thoughts and opinions on it, but that's really not what this episode is about. So uh, yeah, if, if you're struggling with it, reach out to somebody, reach out to somebody, tell them exactly what's going on. Um, it is, it's not the easiest thing um, to deal with. Uh, all right, let's go to the next clip. FA took the step in the following year, 1921, to ban all women from playing football, saying the game of football is unsuitable for females and ought not to be encouraged. Okay. Politics are involved again, and I'm just going to say this, and anytime politics is brought up, I'm just going to try to say this every single time. This and only this. The government ruins everything it touches. Idiotic. It is idiotic that they banned football for women. I mean, idiotic. It is it. Gosh, you know, it set set back the sport in that country for decades and decades and decades and decades. Um, that was 50 years of it being banned is. Gosh, it just yeah, the government ruins everything it touches. So that's that. That's a, that's all I got to say about it. Um, yeah, Humphrey gives great context on women's football and talks about how big it was during World War One. Um, and yeah, if you want to learn more about it, you can go watch this episode, which I'm sure you already have. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me talk about it. Uh, let's see. We then see that Blake Lively. I didn't know what Betty Buzz was <laughs> uh, until this episode. I hadn't looked it up. I, I have the, the jersey with the logo, but I didn't know what Betty Buzz was. Um, that sounds like a tongue twister. Uh, maybe we'll turn it into one. But Betty Buzz is Blake Lively's fizzy water drink. Um, yeah. <laughs> and she sponsored the women's team. Um, it's their sleeve logo, which is cool. It's a great logo. It's a great. 
I mean, I love the name of the company. I got to try some now. I got to find out where to get it because I've never seen it. So um, got to get that. I got to get some Wrexham Lager as well. Um, I don't really fly United all that often. So um, I tend to fly Delta since I'm based in Atlanta or Southwest. But um, yeah, Betty Buzz, got to try that. Got to try me some Wrexham Lager um, just to knock out a couple of the sponsors. Uh, let's see. Uh, we talk about Gemma Owen, um, who organizes the entirety of the women's team. Um, let's see. Did I miss something? I feel like I missed something. No, I haven't missed anything yet. Sorry. My notes are very lengthy for this episode. <laughs> um, Gemma Owen is the entirety or organizes the entirety of the women's side of the club all the under whatevers um, and and the top team for the for the women. She does it all. She puts her blood, sweat, and tears into it. And she is married to Garth Owen, who used to play for Wrexham, which is pretty dang cool. And he is the under-19 manager for the women's squad. And yeah, all that is is so dang cool. Keeping it in the family, keeping it like in the family of Wrexham as well is pretty neat. So many people involved with the club were born and raised in Wrexham or played for Wrexham or have like major affiliations with the town, which is really cool to see. Um, we then get introduced to Mia's dad, Neil Robbo Roberts, who was also a former Wrexham player. Uh, he was captain of the team and got the team or was on the team, was the captain when they were relegated. And we have a clip from that. Oh, it was after 87 years. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you say all the right things. make me feel better. <laughs> so her poor dad has clearly been through a lot. They talk about that for a while, that um, it's weighed on him for a very long time. It has not been the easiest journey for him since getting relegated. Um, they said that it's hard for them to go out as a family because they were ridiculed and attacked in, in public, which is horrendous. Like if, if you are out there attacking, a for, like whether it be verbally or physically, if you're out there attacking someone that you that captained your team that you love, you are a piece of crap. You need to get your priorities straight. Um, that is a horrendous thing to do. You're not always going to win. You're not always going to win. And you got to accept that. That is crazy to me that they got harassed like that. I mean, I, gosh, I hate that. Um, so kind of see the set, like there's always going to be negative sides to every single situation. And there are always going to be people who ruin it for everybody else or who make it harder for everybody else. And the key is to limit those number of people and to figure out how to ignore them or convert them. Um, that's, that's the key. Um, either just block them completely or figure out how to convince them that it's all good. We'll bounce back, which we have 15 years later. Um, absolutely fantastic. We then go to the real FC match. It's an away game. And my gosh, 11 to one, 11 to freaking one, y'all. 
that was the final score to uh, win the league. They won the the women's league north and are now set up for a playoff. Um, here we go. So the full-time score is Real 1, Wrexham 11, which is an unbelievable <laughs> way to win the Adran North League. <laughs> 68 goals, 23 of which were Rosies, and they have a chance for a perfect 12-0 season. That 12-0 season, that is such an interesting thing in relation to college American football, which is what I'm a obsessed with here in the States, um, Texas A&M, we play 12 games a season. And if you don't win every single game, uh, you likely will not win the championship. Um, you will likely not get to the playoffs. Um, you can maybe lose one and still get to the playoffs. So the fact that they were able to go 11 and 0 during the regular season, every game is crucial when you're playing that few, little fewer that few number of games that doesn't sound right man is my english that terrible um when you're playing that many games uh it's it's every single game is crucial and you need to win every single one especially when there's another team out there winning every single one uh who was it it was uh the key game kana's key um that was that was the other team who was vying for the number one spot. And so the fact that they were able to win 11 in a row and make it to that playoff game in order to get promotion. I mean, phenomenal job. That's, that's hard in any league. It's hard in any situation. So bravo for going 11 and 0. that is absolutely incredible. Um, I absolutely love it. And yeah, that'll about do it for this episode. Y'all um, appreciate everybody watching Go on over and support Two Beards, a podcast in Wrexham AFC. You can also support me by subscribing, commenting, reviewing, especially on Apple Podcasts. I'm not even sure how Spotify works as far as reviews and ratings go, but if you can rate, review, and subscribe on there, please do. That'd be super helpful. Um, since we are doing video now, you can come over onto Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, soon to be Odyssey, uh, to watch the podcast. Um, we try to, I try to do these shows live every Friday night at 11 PM GMT over in Wrexham and every Sunday at 5 PM GMT over in Wrexham. Um, I try to make it watchable for people here in the States and people who are living in Wrexham. I love the idea of prepping of doing one right before a game and the day after a game. Um, so we're going to try to stick to that schedule. Let's talk about Crawley Town, shall we? Um, that is our game in the morning or in the afternoon, if you're over in Wrexham. And let's see here. I got Sorry, y'all. Got to see. Where'd the table go? Dead gum. Hmm. I know Crawley Town is up there in the table here we go finally goodness gracious crawley is number five we are number nine they are on a they've been on a hot streak until their most recent game uh they've won four out of the last six they lost their last one and they drew their sixth game 
ago. Um, and so they are crushing it as of late. You know how else is crushing it? It's freaking Stockport. They are dominating right now. Um, they're not in first, but man, they've won five out of the last six games. They've won five in a row. All I mean, everybody, gosh, everybody who is in the playoff hunt seven or above is doing very well. Mansfield has drawn four of their last six. Uh, Swindon lost their last one, but won three out of their last six. Man, Crew won four out of their last six. Wimbledon won three in a row. And Knotts won four out of the last six. So people are just crushing it up here at the top of the table. Um, poor Sutton United. They have lost five of their last six and drew the other one. And then Forest Green has lost five in a row. Oof, that is rough. I guess I could have shared this screen rather than just me yapping about it the whole time, but it is what it is. Uh, so, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to the game tomorrow. Let's see what they said on the website, what Will Pritchard says. I, on the opposition, having stayed up by just three points last season, Crawley have enjoyed a big upturn in form so far this season and are currently sat in the playoff positions. Scott Lindsay joined the club at the start of 2023, but has got the Red Devils firing since overhauling his side in the summer with a flurry of additions at the Broadfield Stadium. Adam Campbell and Danilo Orsi are currently tied for the position of Crawley's top goal scorer. The pair have both netted four times so far in the leagues this season and are playing a vital role in the club's current success. They've established themselves as a high-scoring side following their recent exploits having scored 18 goals in seven matches since the start of September. The hosts will be looking to continue that trend and retain their unbeaten home record in league action tomorrow. But it ain't going to happen, y'all. We're going to take them down. It's going to be at Crawley Town. I, I think my last prediction was, I don't remember what my last prediction was, but for this one, we are going to go... 2-1 Wrexham. We're going to get back in the playoff positions. We're basically going to do a... We're basically going to jump up to tie Crawley Town. Um, and we're going to take that goal differential away from them. Actually, I think we'll be tied on goal differential as well. So <laughs> unless we win 3-1. Three, three, we'll go 3-1 just so we can jump ahead of Crawley Town. How about that? So... Yeah, that'll do it this week, y'all. Go follow me on Instagram and Twitter, WXM Texan, um, and all your podcast platforms, all your video show platforms, all of it. Um, just get out there. Go cheer for go cheer for Wrexham. Let's win this tomorrow. Up the town, y'all. And if you knock my soul oh, with all your strength, you're gonna find it, you're gonna find it.